Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. And have we got a guest for you today? Hello, Tammy. Hello, Tammy. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. uh, I'm excited too uh, and I'm feeling slightly childlike when I when I realized that welcome to the show Tammy Lowe um, rhymes (laughs) all the things rhyme rhyme. Uh, yeah rhyming and yeah uh, what's the other one where the uh, alliteration you know like when Mm. when things begin with the same letter it, it, it delights somehow uh, the, the kid. The, I used to do, do a lot of work in um, uh, elementary schools uh, or primary schools, as we call them here. And the kids loved; they really loved confident coconuts for some reason. <laughs> confident um, coconuts. Confident coconuts. They love putting confident coconuts into their juicer. Um, so, um, thriving, thriving adoptees, mm-hmm. uh, like. You you were you were adopted at twenty two, right? Yes, I was twenty two when I was adopted. So a little different than your story or any typical adoption story, I would say. Yeah, yeah, a- uh, atypical. And Age- you aged out of foster care, and did uh, yeah. So I was eighteen, still in high school. Uh, I turned nineteen after high school was over. I did graduate, but I was in foster care uh, from 16 until I aged out. Um, And it's such a great, let me just thank you for a minute. This is such a great reminder of my story where I was really literally surviving and then seeing my life now on the other side of it. So thank you for for that. You're welcome. I aged out of foster care and was alone for uh, a few years and was making a lot of heavy mistakes, a lot of decisions that hurt me and hurt others. And I found myself um, preparing to go to jail <laughs> when I was 22 and, uh, and was adopted by a great family. So I wrote a book about that a few years ago, and that experience has just shifted all possibility for me. It's like picking me up and putting me on a different um, foundation, which enabled me to grow and thrive, which was amazing. Okay. Mm. So what was the, have you, do you have this, this word in America? We call it oomph in here in the oomph. oomph. I've heard the word or oomph in the UK. I don't know whether many people call it. Um, it, it it's it's kind of really like your your your, your driving force or your um, intuition, your wisdom, your power, um, your insight. A lot of people think that uh, change happens by strategies, and a lot of people there's a lot of people out there in the internet marketing world um, trying to sell us strategies mm-hmm. as. Uh, as the as the means by which we transform ourselves, I I don't think strategies work unless there's some oomph behind them. Um, yeah. There's like a, there's like a for me that's that's a it's like a, an insight. You see something new, you discover something new. 
that that to me that oomph is the the driving force behind the change. Um, oh. But do you do you agree with that, or to what extent do you agree with that? I agree with you. I think for hmm, I love the word oomph. By the way, thank you for that. I'll add that to my my um, my mind. I, I I agree with you that if you're not having the feeling that drives the change, it won't happen. We, a lot of times, look outside of ourselves for solutions. What do you think I should do? Let me Google that so that I can find out what others have done so that I can improve my life. But the answers are always inside of you. Yeah. Maybe they won't be that original. Maybe you've recorded it from 10 years ago and you'll remember it, but the answer is always inside of you. So maybe that is the answer. Yeah. Don't we look for, well, I, this is me, right? <clears throat> okay. I looked outside myself for answers in, um, and yeah, especially in business, actually. So one of my things was I wasn't good enough at business. So I was always looking outside for answers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I was looking for, but I was, essentially, I was looking for a feeling. I was looking for a feeling of being good enough. So when I achieve X, that will make me happy. And, and that's the cultural narrative we have. Yes. Uh, and so we, I don't think we don't just look outside ourselves for um, uh, for solutions. We look outside ourselves for feelings. We think that uh, X is going to make us happy. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yes. The, any reason that you want anything is because you think you'll feel differently. Like I want to lose a hundred pounds because I know I'll be happy then. Or I want to be in a relationship with another person because then I'll be happy. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's not the thing that makes you happy. It's your thought about the thing that makes you happy. Yeah. And you can't get there unless you feel that in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. how do you see that playing out or how did you see that playing out in your own life as relates to maybe adoption stuff rather okay. than career stuff. Yeah. So I remember because I was an adult when I was adopted, there was over 20 years of not being adopted, right? And living in that different life. And I remember uh, when I was alone, laying on my bed or sitting in a chair, hungover from the night before, um, I just remember crying, kind of begging, I just want a family. I just want a family. And it was such a powerful wanting. And I, I thought, if I could have that, right, then I'd be like everyone else. I would belong. But also I wouldn't be alone and I would be able to have my people who, who cared, right? So. I just remember that longing so much. I remember exactly what that feels like even now, just wanting that so much. Um, and when it happened, I, I really did for about six months. I think it solved every problem I'd ever had. 
I felt amazing. I felt like I could do anything, right? Um, and in comparison to my birth family, this new family was amazing. But um, no one is perfect. Family is not perfect. Uh, people are not perfect. I am not perfect. And fear that in, I think, about six months later, where I was, well, what if I lose them? What if, what if they decide they don't want me after they really get to know me? <laughs> um, so that never ends. Like, when you talk about the oomph, knowing what's happening in your mind and in your heart, really just staying in contact with that, and, and living from that, right? So yes, I was adopted and that gave me a foundation, but I also created this life myself. Okay. I did this myself. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's almost like a, the, the thing that thought that came to my mind was it's it like a honeymoon period. Oh yeah, that's exactly what they called it actually. The, um, uh, we had to meet with a social worker and then we were in a courtroom with a judge and it was this whole legal process, even though I was an adult um, and I didn't need permission from my birth parents in order to do it, there was a process and they did warn us, <laughs> there will be a honeymoon period where everything seems blissfully perfect. And then you'll start to see uh, flaws in each other. And are you up for that? And we were. Thankfully, we still are. So, yeah. So, um, it's come to my attention from other uh, conversations with other, other adoptees that they believe that thriving means having no negative feelings at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I laughing? I'm sorry. That, uh, I, I, I help women with their negative feelings uh, all day long. So, <laughs> and the human brain is designed to see the negative because it wants to keep us safe, right? And if we've had any kind of um, hardship or trauma in the past, that is elevated. So everything becomes an emergency. So we resist our negative feelings. We don't want to feel them which only intensifies them a hundred times bigger. We're going to have negative feelings. When you can accept, when I can accept there will be fear today, there will be sorrow maybe today. There will be loneliness sometimes this week. Can I be, oh, this is a great question. Can I feel peace? and fear at the same time. And I feel sorrow and gratitude at the same time. Can I hold space for those two things? Uh, and not, res not resist the negative, but be grateful I'm alive. Be grateful that I have this life. Uh, I have one more day to get it right, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Now, the traditional question that an interviewer would ask at this point would be the how question. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Are you? <laughs> I am. Okay. 
I don't. I, I wasn't going to ask that because I don't think how questions work. Okay, Every, well, everybody's tries to rush. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, and everybody's yeah. trying to rationalize stuff. Everybody's, yeah, everybody's especially smart people, right? Mm. So the smarter the person, um, and you know, I, I guess obviously I'm modest, and I wouldn't like to consider. You know, I'm not going to tell you I think I'm smart, but I'm kind kind of smart. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm kind. I'm kind of smart, you know. But I mean, I'm. I, I'm. Look, I'm. I'm pretty much the fastest person in the swimming pool. Okay, um, uh, the swimming pool that I go to. So I, I'm the, the the I'm the apex swimmer in our swimming pool. But I am definitely not, and I know that, right? Because nobody goes past me. But I know that there are lots of people smarter than me, and there are lots of people less smart than me. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. But this, it seems to me the smarter that people are, the more they try and justify things. And and this this how question mm. is like, well, this uh, the only how question. Well, you 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 take a a, a go at it. So how okay. do we do that? And and then we'll let. Uh, okay, I, so I think again, this is a this is an individual solution issue. This is an individual answer. My how question has always been um, with a pen and paper because it slows everything down. I have I have always, since a very young age, journaled and written in notebooks. I have notebooks from when I was 10 years old with tears on them. I have notebooks from when I was 13 with drops of blood on them. Like I have this history that it was written, but it's not, I'm not keeping a history in the act of writing down what I'm thinking. I am literally trying to make sense of what is in my mind and what I am feeling and slowing that process down. And then it's on paper. It's out of my head. It's kind of like cleaning out your closet. You just take it all out every morning. I write it all down. And then I look at it and I think, well, that is just kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Thank you for putting that so politely. Thank you yeah, for putting I, that so politely. I don't have judgment for my thoughts. I don't have shoulds. Well, I try not to have shoulds for myself. Um, but a lot of the thoughts that we have are kind of silly. They're judgy. They're um, fearful or mean. Um, but that's not exactly how you want to show up. This is not how we get to live our life intentionally. So the tool that I use is journaling. And this is in a world where the keyboard has replaced the pen. The phone has replaced the keyboard. We literally do our business from our phones. We do our entertainment from our phones. The screen is the life and I am using a pen and paper. So um, yeah, everybody's looking for the how. They want to know how, how, how. And I, that's my only, that's my only advice to you. Because getting to know yourself is the solution. It is the solution to everything. Okay. So uh, what do you mean by yourself? Mm. Okay, so I have a personality but I am not that personality. 
I have a body, but I am not this body. If I somehow have an accident and lose my legs, I am still me. So getting to know who that is and really being in touch with like the feelings in your torso is the one that I describe. The feelings in your heart, the feelings in your soul, uh, how situations make you feel, and then questioning that a little bit. Hey, is this even real? Because my brain goes to emergency mode when something goes wrong. Because of trauma, uh, there's a, an alarm bell, an alarm system that goes off in my body that says we are in danger, this is a problem, run away, hide. And that is not actually real. It's just my brain and the alarm system that was installed when I was three years old. Okay. So I, I'm I'm with you on all. Uh, we are uh, beautifully aligned on here. So I'm oh. going to kind of repeat back. Well, I'm going to, I'm give, going to give my take, which is very similar to yours, but I'm just going to do it in maybe just a few less words um, <laughs> and, and, a, and a metaphor and, and, a, and a metaphor. So um, this is what I sometimes do on one of my trains, actually. Um, so if you want to, uh, yeah, okay, pen and paper, let's, let's do it. Let's do it all, right? Let's do it all. So everybody, if you're not driving, um, write a, uh, draw a circle with a pen uh, on a piece of paper um, and, uh, and, and a, a big, a, a biggish circle. And then put, put the word, um, uh, body at the top write the word body at the top of the circle um then draw another circle inside it uh, and put a uh, another word uh, at the top of that called and put feelings uh and then put draw another word um and put another circle and put thoughts and draw another circle and put trauma Mm. and then draw another circle and that's your final circle in between so we are not our body we are not our feelings we are not our thoughts we are not our trauma mm. we're, we're the, the, the blank space the witnessing space uh, in the middle of that so we're the with the eye in the storm. Mm. And for me, the, the, uh, the, and I've been working on this like you a long time. Um, so I've been working on this, well, at least 15 years. Um, and I would say the essence is not giving a stuff about how you're feeling or thinking and realizing you are not your body, your feelings, your thoughts, mm -hmm. or your trauma. Mm -hmm. You are the space in which all that stuff yes. happens. Yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. 
So well, for me, could... the channeling is, is to clean up the clutter so that I can see myself clearly, so that I can know that there is no need for a trauma response this morning. <laughs> yeah. There's there's just it's just thoughts and feelings. They're they're not who I am, right? But if they, I swirl, I tend to swirl in my mind. And so clearing that up on a regular basis, 15 minutes a day, allows me to feel me. And then I can live my day from that, from who I really am. That makes sense. It does, yeah. It's swirling around. So it's taking a step back. Mm. It, it, it's taking a metaphorical step back. So for me, I uh, I had a swimming um, metaphor on this that came to me a few months ago. So uh, sometimes the pool's really busy and it's really choppy. You know, there's lots of ways. So my body is being thrown around. It's, yeah. it's, it's being knocked about by the waves, right? Yeah. So that's what's happening to my body. Um, my mind is saying, uh, why are all these people <laughs> impeding? Uh, oh, sorry, why are all these people making my swimming pool, which isn't like, clearly it's not my swimming pool, it's the public swimming pool, right? Why are all these people making my, um, uh, you know, make, make, making these waves and slowing me down and getting yeah. my way, right? So that's what the mind's doing. But then who I truly am is, uh, it, it is like the guy, the lifeguard on the ladder chair by the side of the pool, um, just saying, uh, saying uh, I, I can't see what your problem is. Mm, yeah, so there's no problem. That's that's the neutralized version. I feel like so my inner person is saying to you that maybe these other people are there creating these waves to make you stronger. This uh, is happening for you, not against you, right? Yeah, getting that. I, I like to get that that layer out. That positive. Oh, this is definitely benefiting me right now. Can I learn from that? Yeah. Hmm. Have you have you heard that Einstein quote that says uh, the most important question we will ever ask ourselves is uh, is the world for us or against us? Hmm. Yeah, life shifting question, and that goes from surviving to the thriving. Right, the thriving question is: This is happening for me. Yeah. So thank you for reminding me of that because um, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that. You know, we uh, it it does. You know, it it, um, it because the, the the choppiness throws me around, and and I have to, if I want to keep my speed up, then I need to strengthen my muscles, and you know, uh, so that I can get past these slow coaches who are. Um, getting in my way no. <laughs> yeah well the alternative is to listen to your mind and stop swimming and be mad yes but well, when you I, sometimes i do that before me you try harder 
you reach further than you would otherwise. Yeah. Mm. Well, sometimes I do just get out if it gets really crazy. Of course, and that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Tammy. Tammy's also a coach, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and whatever the non-binary PT thing to say as well, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary people. Um, so uh, what do you think stops us getting in the way? Sorry, what, what do you think gets in the way of us thriving? I think our feelings get in the way of us thriving. Okay. Our feelings of lack versus abundance. So thriving would be abundance, lack, or or just looking out into your space, into your family, into your world, into your job, and seeing what's not there, and then making that mean something about you. So I, the fact would be I have a job, it pays my bills. But my thought is, I don't like my boss, and that makes me feel lack or anger right and as opposed to i love this job <laughs> for whatever reason <laughs> right or even a neutral thought like your lifeguard your lifeguard is saying everything is fine nobody's in danger i'm watching the whole situation nothing has gone wrong this is totally neutral right so the the thing that gets in our way the most is lack yeah not enoughness so is is it Kind of like taking our feelings seriously rather than taking our, our feelings of uh, as a sign that our thinking has gone astray. You see what I mean? Yeah. No, I think you're right. There's something about when we have a thought or a feeling, we think that's true. We believe it. But the brain will offer, and sometimes, let me just say, very reasonable thoughts. Like, if this is dangerous, then my brain will offer such good, reasonable thoughts that lead me to believe that. But we don't have to believe. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. And pardon my French, they're just all, um, well, let's just say, they're all not true. They're just thoughts. They're not facts. This is not factual. Like, I, I just recently got divorced after 27 years of marriage. And... This is a fact, right? It's not a fact that my ex-husband is blah, blah, blah. He's not. He is a human being who I cherished and we spent time together and it is completed. It is over and it is completed and it can be wonderful in the past. It doesn't have to be um, this terrible traumatic event. It just is. Okay. Now I'm going to do something slightly different. Now I'm going to I, I'm going to read I'm going to read a, a, an email that I had a, a bit of an email that I had this this morning, which I think is I really love your opinion on it. I did speak to another um, uh, another adoptee on it, and I I just like your thought because I think it is the key thing for us um, uh, as adoptees. The key the key thought. Um, so I was asking an adoptee um, about um, maybe inviting some other adoptees to come on the podcast mm -hmm. 
Um, so I'm going to I'm going to just read one sentence. Um, if you want, if you so she's writing to me. If you Simon want an uplifting story of becoming whole, I'm afraid you must read something that's not written by an adoptee. Oh. Do you want me? I'm just going to repeat that again, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, and non-binary people. Um, if you want an uplifting story of becoming whole, Ooh. I'm afraid you must read something that's not written by an adoptee. Ooh. So what, what do you make of that? Okay, so that's a dim view of life. <laughs> the dim view of adoptees. Can an okay, so can someone who was adopted, whether they were a baby like you or a full adult like me, can someone who is adopted, they have the potential to have an uplifting story. So your circles with the body, the feelings, the trauma, we could put adoption in one of those circles. It's not who I am. It's something that happened. It just happened. And I was chosen. You were chosen. We were not, our story is not a story of neglect. It is a story of being chosen. But all of that aside, doesn't matter if we're adoptees or not. Can any human being have an uplifting story? My answer is yes. Okay. So it's a thought she's having, and it's kind of a dim view of the world. Yeah. I, the, the, um, Conclusion I came to mm -hmm. was uh, in uh, uh, sorry the the my summation of her sentence is no adoptee is whole. Mm. Oh. That's or or no uh, no. Yeah, no, no adoptee is whole. That, that's how I got it. Because what she's saying is, um, you, you can't an adoptee can't write about becoming whole. Um, right. Only a non-adoptee can do that. that. Well, this is why your podcast is so important. I mean, the podcast topic could be anything we would put in those outside circles, but this is a specific target audience right? Can an adoptee become whole and thrive and get out of survivor mode? And the answer is yes. Like, this is why your work is important. This is why my little book was important. It's an example of wholeness and thriving and creating a beautiful life and being adopted. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's the opposite of whole? Hmm. Not enoughness. Um. Yeah. I mean, from an adult. Yes, definitely. I think there's probably is the posh word antonyms. The synonyms, which are the same, aren't they? And antonyms that are the opposite. Um. So I I I feel the most uh, apt antonym for whole is wounded 
given mm. in, in the adoption space in, in the um because of this book the primal wound mm. um which is a, a i i have definitely felt wounded but i believe that who we truly are is actually unwoundable mm, i love that yes i think the state of being wounded so in the past every human on the planet has been wounded because no one else is perfect and we're wounded by people outside of us totally fine understandable normal even wounded is normal wounded is the human experience at some points in our life but when when we think about and bring back that moment of being wounded if we bring that into our current situation by thinking about it talking about it when we bring it to today we're choosing to bring wounded into today we're choosing wounded it's like survival mode every day like groundhog day that movie right um, yeah well we're not choosing right well we choose our thoughts we're either we? in, listen look, we're either in default mode where yeah. the brain just allows the thoughts yeah. and we think they're true or we're in creation mode where we okay. think I like that. right so i have this thought i was wounded i i was a victim i was all these things i was neglected and then and then i have to answer it in the moment i mean if you want a how a strategy a how in the moment when you have the thought, you have to answer it back and say, yes, I hear you. But today, this is where we are. This is where we're, this is the room we're sitting in. This is not happening to me today. Yeah. Best advice I could give. So, so what the, 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 uh, the sentence that, um, I wonder if you'll listen to the podcast. Oh, I hope uh, it does. There's hope um, for you. <laughs> so, my default, right? The reason this, I can, uh, the reason I can see this, is because my default, for a while, was wounded, and yeah. for a while, I mean, I don't know, six, seven months. Yeah. My default. I love your default. The, uh, my my default was was wounded. Um, what helped me? Uh, I didn't I didn't do anything to change the default. So, like def de default settings, right? Ref you know, default settings on a on a printer or I don't know on on an oven, whatever. Where do you find a default setting? What what device has a, a default setting? Your phone? I don't know. But I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything to change my default. Mm. I saw something different. Mm. It was not a doing. It was a seeing. Mm -hmm. It was an insight. And, and the insight in, in six words is wounded is a feeling not a fact. Yes. Wounded is a feeling. So 
the feelings, like you said, we have 60,000 thoughts, right? So the, 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 our feelings come from our thoughts and some of those thoughts are subconscious. So, you know, and we have 60,000 of them. So we can't be aware. No, we're, we're not. We're far more aware of our feelings, aren't we, than we are yeah. our it's, thoughts. It's like the barometer. We don't know exactly what the temperature is or the, the barometric pressure is outside, but we can kind of feel it if there's a shift. Like that's that. how it is with your feelings. Like you, It's easier to get in touch with those and then once you feel it, you can kind of ask yourself, like, why am I feeling this way? And then you get to your thought. And like the default thinking, we literally have recorded our entire lives in our brains. And of course, it's going to spit out old, old thoughts, old patterns, memories, right, of when we were wounded. Of course. And we expect that. We can't change our, our minds overnight. But we can tell ourselves, okay, that wounded story is no longer helping me. I think we're going to replace it with a little bit, something a little bit leveled up. Like I am trying to believe that today I am not wounded. I'm willing to believe that I am not wounded. Okay. So I tried that for a while and it didn't, it didn't work for me. What worked for me was when I saw that um, we, me, you, every person on the planet mm-hmm. is fundamentally unwoundable. Mm. So, have you heard that phrase, they, they quote, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience with spiritual yeah. beings having a human experience. Yeah. So it requires a little bit of faith in yourself, a faith that you are something more than your circumstances, that you are, it's your core, that you are something, um, whether it's universal energy or divinity, you are something so inherently special. Okay, so I love the universal energy one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you love the universal energy one. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I want everybody to do a, uh, a a mind experiment, right? So imagine a piece of universal energy. A star. Yeah, um, I don't know. You can't, it's not a thing, is it? Mm. Universal energy is not a thing. Universal energy is not a thing. It's the it's the it's the space in the room. So, um, his that this is why it's unwoundable. It's not a thing. It is not a thing. I couldn't. I and I forgot that. Right, I forgot that in a minute. I, I said, imagine a piece of it, and then I thought, holy, um, holy moly, right. <laughs> Yeah, we don't swear on the program. Molly's my nickname, by Molly's by my nickname, by the way, and my wife is Moletta. So, uh, <laughs> so because uh, apparently I look like a mole when I've come out of the shower with the back of my hair. Um, so that yeah, we cannot. It's not a thing. Mm. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. If it's not a thing, it can't be wounded. It can't be cut. I, if I, I've, I'm holding a pen here, right? But imagine if it was a knife. Mm. 
I, if I was going through a knife through the air, the, it's not cutting anything. It's not wounding. Right. It's, not, it's not wounding anything. Now, so there's trying to fight our feelings, the feelings of feeling wounded. Or, and there's realizing that we're unwoundable. But whenever I say that, I think that sounds like a really neat little idea, Simon. But <laughs> well, maybe that epiphany comes when you're ready for it. But maybe there's some preparation you can do. Like I'm preparing to have a belief that I am more than my body. I am more than my life. I am more than an accountant. I am more than a college graduate. I am more than a daughter or a mother or a friend. Right? Maybe maybe preparing to believe that has some steps. I think I, I like my journaling technique for myself because it I get to know myself before I go out into the world every day. What, what, um, um, you, 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 I love your default word. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so, uh, the default, because my, my default was wounded for a while. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, so I'm not, um, uh, what do we call it? Uh, I'm not wound shaming. No. No, and just because I'm not feeling wounded today doesn't mean I don't remember what that felt like. Oh, like um, years of it, years of it, validating everyone's pain. I, I mean, I'm not trying to invalidate it at all. There's just more. After you go through the surviving, there's more in the thriving. So what's the difference between feeling wounded and being wounded then? Okay, so great question. So if if I was shot in the war, I don't know, in the 70s, there was a wound, like a physical wound there. And over time, if I get medical care, it heals. Maybe they take the bullet out and it heals, the skin heals. There's a scar. But sometimes when it's gonna rain, like I might get sore in that area. There is a wound in my body. I think there is an emotional wound as well when we are hurt. And it is stored in our body. There is, I think there is a process for letting that wound heal and letting it go it's like oh, there's something about letting go and the different religions uh practices talk about this act of letting things go what if it is possible that one day you wake up and you just don't feel wounded anymore what if that's possible well I, I I agree. The wounds are stored in our hearts. The wounds are stored in the bodies. You know, that guy, that famous book, you know, The Body Keeps the Score. 
And love that one. And we're not our body. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I think holding on to the wound, holding on to the wound emotionally. What's it made of? Oh, it's made of our thoughts, of course, but oh, okay. it's not real. It's, but it's not the thoughts aren't things, right? No, no, but they have power. Our power is in our thinking. Our power is not in the actions we take, right? The power is not in the actions we take or the results we get. The power is in our thinking. Is it? Like switching the light on versus keeping them off. Like literally a lot of people decide, I'm just going to live in the dark today. Instead of. Not on purpose. Come on. No, not on purpose. It's the default. (laughs) Sorry, I'm playing with you. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Bring it. Yeah. So here you are. Right. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question. Right. Um, what if, uh, what's got more power? Uh, what did you say? Universal energy. Okay. So what's got more power, Tommy? Universal energy or thought? Universal energy. Yeah. But, but to access it, kind of have to quiet down our thoughts to access it. Like the thoughts can prevent us from my swirling vortex of thoughts that I wake up with each day can prevent me from tapping into who I really am. I had a a moment. I'll uh, use this vortex word. I've had a moment years, years ago, 30, 1989. Yeah, 32 years ago. I'd just been on the first date and um, the girl uh, the girl said, I, f- I feel like I'm falling off a cliff. And uh, I thought that was a bad thing. She meant she was falling in love with me, right? I thought, a vor- I, I, I thought she was slipping down a vortex and she was going to the bottom. That's, that, that's how my... Mm, that's so interesting. That's how my default played it. Um, so the metaphor, I'm sure you've like you'll have heard this one. Um, so we've got the the clouds in the sky. The sky is who we are. The, the thoughts are the ones. The, the thoughts are the things that hide the truth of who we are they they hide our yeah. infinite energy it's like a veil it's like a veil, veil. you kind of get past your brain in veil. order to get to your soul veil i came up with one on this uh bef- before i came on uh, uh, with a metaphor for this another metaphor for this um this morning so we are uh do you remember those old-fashioned projectors that projected onto like a, a piece of white, you know, yeah. like a white cloth or a white piece of paper or plastic or something like that, right? So we're watching the drama of our lives playing out on this screen. And and we're caught up because it's a good movie, right? Well, it is compelling. 
<laughs> compelling. Yeah. Sometimes real life is more interesting than fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. It's a it's a good movie. As in, I'm not saying it's a happy movie. It it might be a it, it might be nightmare on Elm Street, right? Or you know, it might, might be, be horror. It might be a rom com. You know, like I'm talking about my. This. It might be all of the above, all in one package. All in one all package. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and we're completely enthralled by the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's using the best. Hollywood special effects and it's a large, it's a big budget production. It's got your favorite actor. Who's your favorite actor? Your favorite actor? Uh, actress? I do not. Oh, Sandra Bullock, maybe. Got Sandra Bullock. She's got an adopted kid. Um, she does. She yeah. does. So we're enthralled by that. And uh, and, and and we're 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 in, 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 enthralled by it mm-hmm. and. We're captivated by it. All our focus is on the drama. Yeah. And and then, for some reason, we need to go leave the room to get. Uh, we need to need to room need to leave the room because we're desperate for a, a, a wee right. And as we go to the uh, exit, we turn back and we see the white, the back of the projector screen, and it's completely mm-hmm. white. Mm, yeah, and we realize that it's completely white on the other side as well and that is the infinite awareness upon which our trauma thoughts and feelings occurs the movie yeah. so we are the screen on the other side we are the screen yeah. So in your in your analogy, um, but real experience of this date, those years ago, where she says she's feeling like she's falling off a cliff. Yeah. So you have a choice, and I think this is what you took. Like, if someone is falling off a cliff, the brain thinks like, "Oh my God, splat!" <laughs> she's yeah. going to splat. She's going to drop to the bottom and die. Like this is an you know emergency road. Yeah. This is where my brain would also go. But what if she feels like she's flying instead? Uh, Maybe her perspective. She's if she is the air, like your analogy. She is the air. She's flying. She feels amazing. She thinks you're awesome, and she's well. She did. Yeah, she and did. you're thinking, oh my god, splat. Yeah, so that that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Okay. So I thought this is this is going to be you know this is this is the end of the road. Yeah. This is a splat. Yeah. There's going to be no second date. So I didn't call her. Oh, yeah. But but luckily, she called me. Right. Yeah. So I'm, not with, I'm not with. I'm not. Lost you my possibility. Sorry. The thought blocked you from possibility. The thought blocked me from possibility, totally. I thought falling off a cliff, and, and why, why I thought that was a bad thing, who knows? I mean, in the moment, you know, who, who knows? I didn't, it wasn't a conscious, like, I choose to think this one. But, um, yeah, I, I, it, she, I, I hasten to say that this, 
uh, girl that I'm talking about, she is not Moletta. This isn't the, the, the woman that I'm, the girl that I married, right? Um, so it, did, it didn't work out, unfortunately. But, but uh, all of that happened so that you would have that analogy today. Indeed. Yeah. So choosing, when I say choose your thought, though, we, the default mode is going to happen. I think what I mean by that is you can choose to believe the thought or not. Like there has to be a pause and a decision. You have this thought, oh my God, splat. Building the muscle of creating a pause for just a few seconds so that you can decide if I believe that or not. Yeah. Have you heard of, um, uh, oh, what's she called? Um, it's, it's called The Work. Uh, Byron Katie? Byron Katie, yeah. Oh my God, love her. <laughs> so if love if her. you if you want to do if you want to um, if if you want to practice um, listeners for that will help you slow that down, will do exactly what Tom is saying. Check out the work by Byron Katie, and like on on her website, she's got loads of worksheets for all sorts yeah. of things. She has the worksheets. She also, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, she has, a, I think it's a one-hour Zoom call that you can get on for free. Of course, you can donate as well, but you can get on for free and participate in this practice. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. I didn't, but the worksheets are genius. And again, she's using a pen and paper to figure out her thoughts in advance. She is amazing. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have a look at that. I'm going to see if I can find Byron, Byron Katie, whether she's got a worksheet for, for adoptees or she's had an adoptee on the show. I'm mm, going to Google great. that, see what yeah. they think. Yeah. Because um, this feeling of being uh, wounded, mm -hmm. uh, not whole, mm -hmm. not enough, not good enough, mm -hmm insufficient all yeah. these all these things are uh seem to me to be part of the human condition and then because the brain is a meaning making machine it likes to it likes to blame a feeling on an event and yeah. for, adopt, for us adoptees we blame the feeling on the on the on being adopted that's exactly what we do so byron Katie's work the very first question is it true and like when you pause and you're quiet and you have to think about that question and then answer it you can see that it's not actually factual it not proven in a court of law it's not actually true yeah the turnaround is probably my favorite part i think it's the fourth or fifth part of the worksheet yeah. So check those out yeah um, and also ladies and gentlemen uh check out tammy's um, website on the show notes and a link to her book and um because i'm just conscious of time here uh have you got anything else that you'd like to share tommy i'm just in gratitude for this conversation i'm so thankful that there are people like you who reach a pocket of people who have an experience and they're just, we're just all trying. Aren't we just all trying to um, 
be better humans than we were yesterday, to feel better if we're still in the wounded space, still surviving. Yeah. And to not make it mean something about us. No. So thank you. Our feelings aren't us and not feeling okay doesn't mean that you're not okay. Feelings aren't love it thank you very much listeners thank you Tammy you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to as usual see you see you soon listeners bye bye